Welcome back to the Social Work Social. My name is Melanie Matthews, and I'm a registered social worker. Last season, we explored the world of mental health treatment by sharing information and stories told by social workers. This season, we're going to go even deeper by exploring how different helping professionals work with social workers to support mental health and well-being, and also to pursue social justice. Before we get started, I have two disclaimers to make. The first is that you should be aware that all the information presented in this podcast is specific to Ontario, Canada. Different professionals follow different rules and restrictions dictated by their regulatory body in their area. The second disclaimer is that nothing in this podcast should be considered medical advice or treatment. You're unique. That means that what we talk about today might not be quite right for you. So if you're interested in any topics presented here, be sure to get in contact with a professional directly. That said, let's get into today's episode. As I said, my name is Melanie and I'm a registered social worker. I currently live and work in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Here I work as a therapist, both in my own private practice and within an agency providing psychotherapy to individuals. I primarily use dialectical behavior therapy and cognitive behavior therapy in my practice. I also work as a consultant doing research, evaluation, and grant writing for nonprofit organizations. I have a lot of diverse experience in social services, but the majority of my work has been focused around mental health. However, I've also done a fair amount of advocacy for people in communities who experience marginalization. Specifically, since moving to Toronto about three and a half years ago, I've done a lot of work advocating for increased services for people who have experienced community violence. I got into social work because of my own lived experience, and if you want to hear more about me and my story, you can hear all about it in episode one, my story, in the first season of the Social Work Social. In that episode, I talk more about who I am, my past, and how I became a social worker. Previously, all of my advocacy work as a social worker has been done in the form of grant writing, academic writing, or producing reports. I see my grant writing as advocacy work even though grant writing is not typically considered advocacy because I'm pretty particular about what organizations I'll write grants for. I have to really believe in their mission and see the money that I help them raise will actually benefit people, not line the pockets of rich executives in charge of charities. In other words, my advocacy has been a lot of highly technical writing. I'm proud of that work, but realistically I realize that not many people actually read it. My academic writing in particular is locked behind a paywall that the general public outside of post-secondary institutions don't have access to unless they pay a bunch of money. Since I'm no longer associated with a university, I actually don't have access to that writing either. So this podcast is meant to share stories and information in a way that's accessible and understandable to more people. I started a podcast that focuses on social workers because I thought that social work is a really misunderstood profession. Most often when I hear people talk about social workers, they either glorify us as heroes and saviors, or they say we're horrible monsters who steal children from their families. The truth is, most of us aren't heroes or monsters. We're mostly just people trying our best to do our jobs well and help people who are in need of help. Social work as a profession has a pretty terrible past though, and there are still systemic issues today. We have a lot of power over people who are experiencing marginalization. That means that we can do really great work to harness our privilege and elevate the voices of those who don't have power to create change on both an individual and societal level. It also means that we can have a really detrimental impact on people if our power is used to oppress individuals and perpetuate inequity. 
We have a responsibility to continue educating ourselves and constantly reflect on our practice to make sure that the impact we're making is a positive one. I truly believe that social workers have the potential to change the lives of the people we serve in a meaningful way. I have to believe that, or I wouldn't be a social worker myself. Despite that, social workers can't work alone, and that's something I acknowledge. In most of the settings I've worked in, I've been part of a multidisciplinary team. Multidisciplinary teams are any team of people who have different educational backgrounds who are working together, each providing a specialized service to support an individual or a specific population of people. These teams are meant to organize and streamline services to make sure that no aspect of a person's life is neglected when working with people who have complex care needs. I have worked on these teams with people from a lot of different backgrounds. Most often for me, these teams have included people with degrees in child and youth care, counseling psychology, developmental service work, or liberal arts degrees in things like sociology and criminology. I've also worked with nurses and personal support workers and addictions workers as well. When you have all these different people with different expertise coming together to support a person, this really facilitates holistic support for individuals. If you're not familiar with what holistic support looks like, episode four, Holistic Support, goes into depth about what that support looks like and how it's really beneficial. You can find multidisciplinary teams in lots of different settings. Hospitals have doctors, nurses, PSWs, and many others working together. Schools have teachers, educational assistants, parents, and volunteers. Many mental health treatment programs will have psychiatrists, psychologists, and people with specializations in things like addictions or trauma, providing mental health support together. You can also find social workers and many others in all of these different settings. There are two specialized multidisciplinary teams that I want to highlight as examples of what these teams can look like. The first one is family health teams. These teams are community-centered, primary healthcare organizations that have programs and services geared towards the population groups they serve. Family health teams include family physicians, nurse practitioners, registered nurses, social workers, dietitians, and other professionals. They were created by the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Long-Term Care to expand comprehensive family health care services across Ontario. Since 2005, 184 family health teams have been implemented across Ontario, with 68 teams serving rural communities and 42 serving northern communities. This is important because people living in remote areas often do not receive the same quality of health care as urban communities if they receive health care services at all. Some family health teams also serve populations with unique needs. For example, the inner city family health team in Toronto specifically serves men experiencing homelessness in four shelters and includes specialized mental health and addiction support. The second team I want to talk about are ACT teams. ACT team stands for Assertive Community Treatment Team. These teams provide intensive support services for people who experience complex mental health issues and find it difficult to engage with other mental health services. This type of multidisciplinary team is composed of social workers, nurses, vocational specialists, occupational therapists, psychiatrists, peer support workers, and addiction specialists. This is an incredibly diverse team that really seeks to address all the different aspects of mental health issues. Since this team includes a variety of professionals, they're able to offer a variety of services, including psychiatric treatment, medication administration and monitoring, referrals and access to community services, and support for activities of daily living. The goal of ACT Teams is to support individuals in their recovery and their desire to live in the community. Having ACT Teams means that people who might otherwise need to be hospitalized get to live in the community. 
Something that makes ACT Teens really unique is that the person receiving support doesn't necessarily need to go anywhere. Services are mobile and therefore can be in the community, in the person's home, and in office. Support is available as often as needed and offered 24 hours a day. I've never worked on an ACT Teen myself before, but I have worked with individuals who had the support from an ACT Teen. I've seen how valuable it is for a person to have support whenever and wherever they need it from professionals who can support all of their needs. The main takeaway I hope to deliver from highlighting multidisciplinary teams is that social workers and other professionals have a deeper impact when they work together. Not everyone is a part of a formal, organized multidisciplinary team, but we can all complement services and recognize the importance of each other's specialization. Multidisciplinary teams aren't perfect. There are still gaps in services, and sometimes professional ethics may clash or completely contradict each other. Communication, respect, and open-mindedness are key to working together and how we will be able to make the greatest impact. In the last season of this podcast, we had six interview episodes and six more informational episodes. For this season, there were so many professions that I thought were important to highlight that we're going to have 10 interview episodes with people who work in a variety of settings. This might seem like it's outside of the original mission of this podcast, as we're meant to be talking to social workers to get a better understanding of the social work profession. I don't see this series as departing from that mission, though. Seeing how we work through the eyes and perspectives of others provides some unique insight into how social workers operate. Some of the people we interview have a really positive perspective, as they've had great interactions with social workers. Some, not so much. I wanted a really balanced look at how social workers impact their co-workers, their communities, and society as a whole. The last season really showed social workers in a great light because I only chose to interview social workers who I believe are ethical and making a positive impact. I wouldn't feature or promote people who I thought were harming others. But if we're going to understand the actual social work profession, we need to hear about the less positive aspects of social work as well. I believe that we will learn a lot from talking to people from different professions. By the way, my definition of profession is pretty loose. I've included anyone who I thought had valuable experience that contributes to mental health and well-being, social advocacy, or someone who's just making a difference in their community. Advanced education or receiving a paycheck were not criteria that I took into account when selecting people to be interviewed. We'll talk to people who support others with their mental health through a variety of means, people who advocate for others on individual and societal levels, people who work for social justice, and people who offer many other contributions to society. Of course, I won't be able to provide a totally complete look at all the different people who work with social workers since I'm only talking to 10 people. There are many more professionals who work with social workers and achieve amazing positive impacts on their community as well. I hope that the range of different experiences discussed by the people featured in this series will provide valuable insights to you. Thanks for listening to The Social Work Social. By sharing information and stories, we hope that you will gain new knowledge and empathy for those who are different from you. All of us have unique backgrounds and experiences, but through our stories, we can learn to relate to one another. Our communities are currently facing extreme challenges, and we all have different strengths and skills that we bring to the table to help combat those challenges. Through working together, we can make a difference. I challenge you to go outside of your comfort zone to find an issue that you can lend your support. Tune in next Friday for another episode of The Social Work Social. Thank you.